to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, founder of the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, this is going to be a fun show. And it's mostly about Mother's Day and the Walk of Hope for mothers trying our experiences, mothers, what to get mothers, and honoring our military. We'll get started right after these messages. Welcome to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk from the Michigan Center. And Dr. Carol, this first segment on the show is all about hope. Tell me about the Walk of Hope to raise awareness about infertility. How did it go? And I have to tell you, that was the most inspiring Saturday morning I have had for fertility in a long time. We walked into the park and there was music blaring. There were people, whole families that were together spreading the joy, excuse me, of having success with uh, fertility. Um, there was a table that had different beads, whether um, you were supporting someone with infertility, whether you had fertility issues, recurrent loss. Um, they had a cute little bead with little red hearts that said that the, I'm a miracle baby. So the little kids had these little red hearts on. Um, there were groups that had parents and grandparents walking. So they started out with this great announcement of, you know, their work through Resolve and how they were trying to spread the word. Uh, Then people came up and told their stories. And some of the stories, four, five, seven IVFs, didn't work, needed a gestational carrier, and they're holding their baby up. The farthest person that came to the Walk of Hope was from Indianapolis because she heard about the Walk of Hope, and this was the nearest one to her. So it was fabulous. They had a, a walk that five times around was a mile, so the music was blaring, People were talking. There were acupuncturists there. There were other fertility centers there at a T-shirt contest that this one whole family, there were like 14 people and a dog that won the contest for the cutest T-shirt and the most people there. And, And it was just an inspiring, upbeat activity. There was a jewelry place. Uh, that was selling silver jewelry, that all the proceeds went to this Fertility Walk of Hope Foundation. So it was just a very warm environment and just people talking to each other and supporting each other and the pride of these patients who have gone through so much and these babies, these miracle babies that were walking around. And then at the end of the Fertility of Hope uh, two-hour segment, they had this miracle baby parade where every little miracle came up Mm. and got a little gift and a certificate. And it was, you know, just so heartwarming that, that people took their Saturday to come down and care. And there were more this year than last year. So the hope is that every year it's going to grow and grow and, and get bigger and bigger. And it sounds like, Dr. Carroll, that it is going to grow and get bigger and bigger because the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health is going to be even more involved next year. Tell us about that. I'm so excited to share this. So the Fertility Walk of Hope was started by two people, Sue Johnston and Leandria Fisher. And she, Leandria, is 
decided to retire. She's been doing it for, I think, five years or so. And so we were approached to be a primary sponsor for the years to come. And I excitedly said yes, because the focus is going to be now a statewide venture. So uh, there are people that were there from Kalamazoo, from Grand Rapids, from Lansing. And the purpose or the objective for the next coming years is to have a walk of hope like this all over the state of Michigan to make awareness for fertility and have different parks that people can gather in and share and spread the message of of the ability to succeed with the proper identification and treatment. So I'm really excited. I went to my uh, my staff who was with me. I'm like, okay, I don't know if you're going to like what I just said yes to, but uh, so, and they were all over it. They were like, yeah, we knew you were going to say yes to this, um, mm-hmm. and we had no doubt you were not going to. But I'm excited about that because what we are planning on doing, I talked to Sue, and not only a walk of, of hope, but maybe we can do a 5K. Maybe we can get a gala. Yes. And the idea is to raise awareness, but also finances for people to help them uh, cover their uh, fertility uh, costs. So, I mean, I think that goes along with Resolve's mission plus um, our Seasons of Life Fertility Foundation, where we have a uh, gift uh, for four times a year uh, per season of a reduced fertility treatment for someone who has uh, life-changing events and financial needs. So, you know, I'm really excited to expand both the Seasons of Life Fertility Foundation as well as the Walk of Hope and maybe be able to put it together. And, you know, what I really love about this Walk of Hope is that it does give women struggling with infertility a lot of hope. And they get together and there's networking and camaraderie, and they see that something can be done to help them, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And that's the thing to remember is, you know, having that hope. And uh, like Claire, our counselor, always has told people is that it's like you're driving on a freeway to go to a destination and you have this intention of getting on the fast lane and you're going to get to your destination in the next hour. But then all of a sudden there's an accident or construction or whatever, and you get rerouted and your journey may have initially taken you an hour. And now it may take you an hour and a half or two. And you weren't expecting that detour, but eventually maybe through a different path, you get to where you need to go. So with fertility, the thing to remember is a, you're not alone. It's a medical diagnosis. It's very common. Now the number has jumped up to one in six couples experience fertility issues. Everyone's talking about it to be able to let other people know they're not alone. There's a workup that can be done in a month. Over 90% of the time we can find the reason. There's about that same percentage of time there's treatment options. And some of them may be out of the box, like adoption, egg donor, embryo donor, sperm donor. But there are choices out there that down the road – you know, you can have that hope that eventually your fertility journey will be successful. So, and again, that's what we're all about is to provide that hope, provide that knowledge, provide that ownership. Um, and that's something that I think is important. And during this journey, especially when Mother's Day, there are many people celebrating Mother's Day, but there's those that wish they could and, and would want a baby in their arms. And, and my message is, don't lose hope. Um, it's it's okay to have that time by yourself to do something special with your partner. Um, it's okay to say no to events if you don't feel like going to a place where 
you know, there are going to be children or families, but do some special something for you. Uh, have a nice, go to a nice lunch, book a massage that week. Um, we'll take a nice walk with your partner, knowing that maybe it's not in the cards for you this year, but, you know, maybe with, with you know, the hope and, and treatments or whatever and choices, it could be there for you next year. Uh, there's a book also called Conquering Infertility by Dr. Alice Dumar. You can get on Amazon. It's got some other tools that can help get through the stressful p- pieces of this fertility journey, especially during, you know, times like Mother's Day. And, you know, you talk about the Walk of Hope. You talk about the Seasons of Life Foundation. And this is really important because there are couples out there who cannot afford to go through infertility treatments. And what you are saying to them, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, is I'm here to help we can make this work. And I've interviewed some of the people that you've helped in the past, and oh my goodness, they are really grateful for everything you've done for them. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the nice words. And But here's the thing. Um, Michigan, I have to say, is really trying hard to have more coverage for fertility, too. Oh, that's great. Uh, they, Crane uh, Business, I think, put out an article that uh, more and more businesses in Michigan are trying to uh, cover fertility treatment. So even if they, your insurance says they don't cover for you know IVF, they still may cover your bloods and your ultrasounds and medications toward it. But I have to tell you, over the last 10 years, I have personally seen more and more companies giving fertility coverage for uh, their employees as a wonderful benefit, uh, because I think they're starting to also get the message that Fertility is more common than we think. Mm-hmm. One in six. One out of six is kind of a big number. They need to pay attention to this. Right. Oh, absolutely. And if they have young couples who are, you know, trying to build a family, then, you know, that benefit is very important. Yes, you're absolutely right. Now, let's take a quick break. And when we come back on WJR's Healthy Woman Show, let's talk a little bit about the perfect Mother's Day. We will be back right after these messages. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with my co-host, Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, in your mind, what would be the perfect Mother's Day for you? Nothing. <laughs> doing nothing. Don't go anywhere to do anything. Oh, my gosh. You know what? The perfect Mother's Day uh, for me is just to be home with my family and just being there, just having the time. And, you know, our kids right now are 21 through 26, and life is crazy. Everyone's in every different direction. And my perfect Mother's Day is to sleep in, have a cup of coffee, have a little brunch, and do some family activity with them just to enjoy and cherish the moment. How about you? The exact same thing. That sounds really nice to me. Nothing major, nothing planned. Just hang out with my family and enjoy the day. I really like that idea. Now, when you first became a mom, what were you like? Were you nervous? Were you excited? What was so it I like two, for you? I have two stories. One is, you know, when, when you're when anyone is pregnant, right, people will look at you and it's your first baby. <laughs> and they'll say, look at you with those eyes. And they'll say, your life will never be the same. 
And I look at them like, okay, I can't go back. So, like, what the heck does that mean when you're looking at me like that? And I'll never forget, we first kid, we're putting the uh, ornaments on the Christmas tree, and I'm, like, halfway pregnant. I start crying. And my husband is like, what the heck is your problem? I'm like, we're never going to be a couple again. We're never going <laughs> to run around naked in our house, and we can't go anywhere because we're going to have a baby. And he hugged me, and he's like, it's all going to be fine. This is going to be the greatest thing. And what kind of mom am I going to be? I don't know. So we had little Johnny, and we had complications throughout the second half of the pregnancy shortly after that. But you have this little person in your arms, and you just are like, oh, my God, my life will never be the same. And it is the greatest feeling in the world to be a mom. And and I love my job as a fertility doctor. I'm so passionate about it. It's almost 30 years I've been one. But my job as a mother is just the greatest gift in the whole world. And I am just so proud to be a mom. I'm a mom of four great kids. And that's the other thing is that you're pregnant again and you're like, oh, my God, I have so much love in my heart for this one. How am I even going to have love for a second one? God makes your heart bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and it is the greatest, greatest gift in the world. And, and it's just the most wonderful, wonderful thing. The other thing is, here I'm an OBGYN. I'm a fertility doc. I have my first kid. I'm in the kitchen. Kid starts crying. Johnny starts crying. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do what I tell all my patients. So I change the kid. I feed him. I rock him. I stick him on the dryer. Kid can't stop crying. I'm crying. I'm like, I have no idea what to do. I'm supposed to know this all. And I'm looking at him, and I, 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 I just started singing, You Are My Sunshine. And I am the worst singer in the world. You do not want to hear me sing. Well, that little you-know-what just looked at me and stopped crying. And I'm like, so I'm crying, singing. He stopped crying. So, you know, I wish there was like an instruction book when you push yes. out the baby, the <laughs> the instruction books with the placenta, you know, but, but God's up there laughing like, well, let's see what she's going to do about this because, you know, there's no instructions. The most important job of your life and you have no clue. How about you? Oh, yes. I completely agree with this. It would be nice to have a little instruction book, but the beauty of it is eventually you kind of do learn and you get through it and everything works out okay. But I do have one very funny story. So when I was pregnant with my first, Helen, you know, my mom was really excited and she she really wanted to be involved and it was wonderful. She just was absolutely great. But she said to us, she said, now, you know, I'd kind of like to help you after the baby is born. And um, we had Helen a little bit later in life. You know, we we're full-grown adults, or we thought we were. And so we <laughs> said to her, well, Mom, now, you know, we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll let you know if uh, we need anything. But, you know, we've got this. You know, we're a little bit older. <laughs> we're very mature. And I think it made her feel bad, right? Because we were kind Aww. of turning down the help. So anyway, Helen was born, and we were at the hospital, and we're looking at this child and the two of us are looking at each other like okay okay now what are we gonna do like what do we do with this thing so my husband says to my mom who is at the hospital he says now uh, if you leave right now you can get to our house and then we'll meet you there (laughs) and she has told that story to everybody and anybody who will listen, because isn't it true? Like you think you know uh-huh. everything, but oh my gosh! And uh-huh. we really did. I mean, she really helped us tremendously because oh. we had no idea. You know, you oh. don't. You have no idea what you're doing. 
No, so. no. And here's another little human that you are in charge of, <laughs> and you right. look at your husband, and you're like, <laughs> okay, um, okay. And, you know, the, the feeding, the sleeping, the changing, the, everything. The, what do you, yeah, How do you yeah, take a like, shower? <laughs> oh, totally. And 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 the thing is, like my mother always said, little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. So you know what? You are invested, and in once a mom always a mom. So, you know, I'm still texting my 20 some year olds discreetly. So I don't want to be that mom that's, (laughs) Hey, where are you? You know what I mean? But yeah, see, so, Hey, are you okay? Did you get home? Uh, Did you get off your flight? So, I mean, (laughs) the the mom job is a 24 seven job, but let me tell you, and what an honor it is to, to have that job. And are we perfect? No. Do we Mm -hmm. make mistakes? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Do we screw up sometimes? Sure. But you can never say we have not tried and given it our 100%. Yes, that's a very good point. Now, let's, in our next segment, I want to check in with Kim Maluski. She is from English Gardens, and I think we better get some very nice flowers for Mom this coming Sunday. And English Gardens is the perfect place to go. So we will be right back on WJR's Healthy Woman Show right after these messages. listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas. I am here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, as we spend some time talking about Mother's Day on this show, we now welcome Kim Maluski, General Manager of the English Gardens in Plymouth. Kim, welcome to the show. I bet you are very busy this week. Thanks. Um, yes, we are. We've got a lot of great uh, merchandise coming in um, just in time for Mother's Day. Well, tell us about some of the things that are available for people to purchase for mom for Mother's Day, Kim. Oh, sure. Yeah, we are um, the perfect destination for Mother's Day gifts. Um, we have everything from fresh floral arrangements, um, flowering indoor plants, uh, tropical indoor plants, garden decor, gardening gloves, tools, fashion, you name it, we have it. What's the most popular item? Do people want hanging plants for mom or do they want flowers and flats? What's selling sure. the most? It's for sure, hanging baskets, container gardens even. Um, currently, we've got a promotion on hanging baskets right now. Buy one, get the second half off so you can grab two for mom or one for yourself and one for mom. When people walk in and they're trying to get, you know, flowers for mom, what do they gravitate to the most? Are they, like you said, plant? do you sell orchids, roses, spring flowers? What are people rushing in for? Yeah, it's, it's for sure annuals, um, anything colorful, um, big, beautiful. Uh, it's, we've got some great container gardens. Um, that are already pre-planted. Starting today, we have a do-it-yourself container garden event where we'll have the space set up and you leave the mess with us um, and and we'll help you pick out some items uh, to create a container garden for mom. Um, What is a a container garden? A container, um, a a pot of annuals um, or plants that a lot of people will set on their front porch or back patio. pretty much anywhere outside there where they have a, a, you know, a lot of people like to sit outside and, and view their plants, um, uh-huh. anything to help decorate the outdoor living space. 
this is so cool that you have this event starting today. She can come in and and you have a whole variety of different annuals. And we have, how big is this container? That's how much can I she mean, put in there? Sure, it's a you you pick your own container. We have a great selection of um, pottery in stock right now. We will have a special promotion of all containers, buy one get one half off as well for this event. Um, so we have a, a, a nice selection of items. Um, so it could be as big or as small, you know, as as the customer would like. Very cool. And how, do you have a, a experience in seeing who's coming in, like? What do little kids want to get their moms? Mm. Have you ever seen uh-huh. yeah. that, you know? You're, you're, and I've got two myself. So, um, <laughs> yeah, they really enjoy the um, four-inch flowering annuals or the smaller indoor plants, uh, something that they can choose themselves to give their mom. Um, it's A lot of times um, families will come in for Mother's Day, moms and their, and their children, and um, you see them walking around, even creating their own garden um, together. It's a really great experience. That would be, I remember when I was little, it was, it was such a big, uh, and still was, you know, my mom's been passed, but there's just something about finding that special gift for mom. And, uh, you know, I remember being a little kid and just looking all over, and, at, you know, English gardens or some other place, and you want to find that that perfect thing for her to open and and it just you know really always has been been special and and it's just you know you, you just want to make her smile and you know one of the things Ann, that when my kids ask for what I want for Mother's Day is I always say time and mm-hmm. you know we're we have everything we need but to have time with them is the most precious so we'll go they'll give me a mother kid date somewhere and that's why I asked about the whole do-it-yourself, you know, baskets because, you know, that would be an extra Mother's Day gift, not only handing her something, but to have an opportunity to say, hey, Mom, let's go together. Let's make this do-it-yourself container, and then we'll go to lunch afterwards. So, well, you know, that's right up our alley uh, in our house. And you know, Carol, you're absolutely right. And this container gardening is a very cool thing to do. Kim Maluski, General Manager of English Gardens, you have some great tips about exactly how to put a container garden together. I know that you have to get the right soil, the right container, but then there's like three different kinds of plants that you can put in a container, right? Isn't it called the thriller, the filler, and the spiller? Oh, that's funny. Yep, yep, absolutely correct. Yeah, because, you know, you want something tall to showcase um, you, you, so that would be your um, thriller. Your filler is a, a kind of a medium height item usually um, to kind of fill in around that thriller. Um, and then um, the spiller, um, items that whether they're flowering or we do have some great green trailing items as well, uh, plant material that would would hang off the side and kind of fill in to, you know, even cover up the pot over time. Sure. Um, just to re- really... Uh, showcase some items and we've got such a large selection of items that you can use as your showpiece as your thriller um, from grasses to um, tropical plants um, flowering patio tropics so mandevilla and hibiscus trees and great selection for that showpiece and kim maluski general manager of english gardens in plymouth i am sure you were open all week up to and through mother's day right Oh, we sure are. We're open 9 to 7, Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6 on Sundays, all of our locations. 
Thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. You are listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show. We are going to talk about Memorial Day coming up next. This is WJR's Healthy Woman Show. I'm Ann Thomas, and I am here with Dr. Carol Kowalczyk. And Dr. Carol, as you know, at the end of May, we take time out on Memorial Day to remember those who have died in service to our country. Rocky Richkowski is a retired lieutenant colonel with the U.S. Army Reserves, and he is here now. Rocky, welcome to the show. It's great to be on with both of you. Rocky, talk to us a little bit about the meaning of Memorial Day. What does it mean to you and the people that you served with? Well, you know what? Every generation has a different interpretation of, of Memorial Day, if you've served in war or if there was no war that affected that generation. To me personally and to those brothers and sisters that, that I've served with, it means remembering those that we've lost um, in, in combat and those that have served their country and never came home. Um, I remember as a young man, as a young uh, major, when I came home after my first tour of duty uh, combat service, I came home and one of the hardest things I had to do was not that one year of service, but getting called up and being told to co- go across the street about a mile from my house in Farmington Hills and knock on parents' doors mm. and let them know that their son was, was lost in combat. Mm. And to see the, the shock, the, the, the incredible loss in their face and their heart just breaking, broke mine. And that is the meaning of Memorial Day, understanding that someone gave their life and someone gave their heart and their tomorrows for our tomorrows. Mm, That's very, very true. How do you recommend that we celebrate and remember people on Memorial Day, Rocky Richkowski? You know, sometimes, and I apologize, Ann, but I, I don't believe in the celebration of Memorial Day. I believe in, and a lot of people say, have a happy Memorial Day or have a happy Memorial Day weekend. And I always tell them, have a peaceful, memorable, and thoughtful Memorial Day. Yeah, that's better that's wording. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And, right. and that's what it's really about. Because when you think about it, this is the holiday of all holidays where it's a moment where we take and step back and think and ponder our freedoms and ponder, ponder what it means to serve others. You don't have to serve in the military to serve others. Memorial Day is a tribute to serve others. And it just happens that the greatest service of all is to give your life for another. Because let me tell you, when we served overseas, we didn't always serve for our nation. And I'm being very blunt and honest with you. We served for each other. We watched each other's backs. Brothers and sisters. And you were there to make sure that your brothers and sisters got home alive and that they did their jobs the right way. So that's that's kind of the, the meaning and the thought behind Memorial Day. And that's how you know, I, I would like to think about it. And thank you so much for your service. And, you know, God bless you and all the military who, um, in all aspects and all over the world, that are keeping us safe. I can tell you that, you know, what an honor it is to talk to you. Um, my father was in the Navy, my father-in-law in the Army, and and they still 
talk about the memories that they have and the service that they did. And, you know, my dad has part of the Charles R. Ware uh, for the Korean War, and they still have a naval reunion mm-hmm. uh, every September, October. And those gentlemen still have each other's backs. And the, the camaraderie that are developed, the pride in their country, the pride in what they've done, the memories and how they helped each other through the tough times. And, and these men are in their 80s right now, but you get them together and they're still like little kids mm-hmm. talking about how yeah, they did true. this in this country. And, you know, but they salute the flag, their hands over their hearts. They, they, the honor that they experience when they're together is is just incredible. So I can see how, you know, on that battlefield, you know, your bunkmate is your brother forever, and you will do whatever you can to make sure they try to get home. And God forbid if they're not, you know, there's someone that they will always honor and never forget. You're absolutely right, Dr. Kowalczyk. And, and you know, there was a great movie. It's very hard to watch, but it's called Saving Private Ryan. And during that movie, at the beginning and at the end of it, I try to tell people that if there's one thing that unifies as a country and brings us all together in one unified purpose, it's a purpose of serving others. And when you're away from your family in combat or in service, you don't have a family to to rely on. And that brother and sister next to you and that brother and sister that's serving with you becomes your family. And in that movie, Private Ryan, uh, the, the fictional captain grabs Private Ryan and says, earn this, because they went to save him. And many of them died in, in, in to save this, this Private Ryan, this character. And he said, earn this. And that's the key, earning this. Instead of saying thank you to a vet, it'd be better to say that I'm going to serve others in memory of your service. That means mm-hmm. so much more to us, because that's that giving forward or paying it forward. You know, thanking a vet goes, you know, it goes a, a mile. But if you want to go 100 miles with, with your compliment or, or with your, your true intention, tell them that you will do something in, ser- in honor of their service for another. Yeah, that's okay. an interesting point. Now, Rocky, how did you decide to serve our country in the U.S. Army <laughs> Reserves? What was part of that decision? Well, my parents were, were immigrants to this country, and they were immigrants of Poland. And, and I was born late in life to my, my two parents that were heroes of mine. They were both children in World War II. And uh, my mom, in the latter part, served in, uh, was, was sent to a Nazi concentration camp, or, or Auschwitz, the labor side of Auschwitz, mm-hmm. with my grandmother. And my father and his whole entire family, the Rutschkowski side, were sent to a Nazi labor camp uh, near the Austrian border. And he was he was basically freed by the 8th British Army, or initially by the 101st Airborne, and then the 8th British Army and the 2nd Polish Corps. And, you know, growing up, my parents had a reverence for service and for those that served and for those that would be willing to give their lives for another. Even draftees or those, we have an all-volunteer force now. So there are no draftees. These are people that are willing to give of themselves. So... They they set the example of love for this country, and they came here legally and, and were very proud to be Americans and taught me to love this country more than anything. And, and they were the ones that instilled service. And I enlisted when I was 17 mm-hmm. in the infantry, in the Army infantry, and then again uh, commissioned four years later as an officer and, and retired as a colonel. 
Now, I know that we honor both men and women on Memorial Day, but you've taken yes. some time to do some research for us here on WJR's Healthy Woman Show about some of the women who have been outstanding in their field in the military. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. And, and actually, Anne, it really is taught to all of us to respect men and women. And Absolutely. women are just as much of an integral part in the military as men are. You know, with with the news now hitting that we are hit, not hitting our recruiting goals, having women actively interested in participating and serving their country means that much more than ever. One out of every six service members, be it in the Navy, Air Force, Marines, or the Army, which is my beloved branch, uh, is one out of every six is a female. And when you think about the history, back from the Revolutionary War to the Civil War, women secretly served and were trailblazers in combat roles and in medical roles and taking care of the soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that served. And you look at trailblazers like Harriet Tubman or Kathy Williams or Opa May, which served in the Marine Corps. And she started out back in a, in a unit that was deactivated now because we have an integrated force. But these are, these are people that were trailblazers. But more recently, we have the first female aviator, Marcella Neng in 1979. Linda Bray in 1989, who in Operation Just Cause in Panama, led her platoon of, of MPs against the Panamanian Defense Forces and saved an entire Army Ranger as well as Navy SEAL team because of her 30 soldiers that, that attacked the Panamanian Defense Forces, and she led the charge. Linda Bray was her name. And then you have Kristen Geist and Shane Aver, who were West Point grads together, who were the first graduates of Ranger School in the Army, which is a special operations course in 2015, and most recently, our first lieutenant general, a three-star Army general who led the first female first commander of the 82nd Airborne Division Battalion. And in 2008, she became a, a lieutenant general and commander of the U.S. Material Command. So women have, and when I, when I speak earlier, when I spoke, I always said brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. because... You have men and women that are there doing their jobs, and everybody, no matter if it's a cook or a medic or or combat forces, which I was in the infantry in some respect, uh, I got to tell you that you all have a job, and it all helps in maintaining the freedom that we have today. And Carol, isn't this incredible? What what Rocky's talking about? How many women yeah. are in leadership nowadays in the military? It's very impressive. Well, I, I you know, agree. What's, what's really interesting, and I apologize for interrupting, but what's really interesting, it took President Truman to sign the Women's Armed Services Act into law in 1948, three years after World War II, where women were begging to be actively involved in a more open fashion. And every single day, we're seeing more and more women take up the leadership mantle in the military. Well, now, how are we giving back to our military. Yeah, I, you know, in the medical field, I, you know, we all rotate through VA hospitals and and in how are we as Americans doing with taking care of our veterans, not just medically but in many other ways. You know, they've given their lives, they've given their limbs, they they've given all of themselves to helping protect our freedoms and then they come home. And how are we doing? Uh, Rocky, with uh, helping yeah. our vets? I'd give it a B-minus, maybe a C-plus. Mm -hmm. We're still dropping the ball, and predominantly 
it's it's a political problem, and it's it's a problem of both Republicans and Democrats. They use uh, veterans as as political uh, <laughs> political props, but when it comes down to, to to fixing and repairing the VA or helping veterans and veteran benefits, it gets a little bit tough. And I understand that everybody you know looks for their political answers, but we we as a nation we're we're fractured. We're still divided. And uh, in, there's there's a large amount of people that support the military, and you even see now today that that polls show that the the largest uh, respected uh, career field is the military. But yet, when you ask, would you allow your child to serve in the Marine Corps, or the the military, um, you're seeing one out of every four people say that they would be interested in having their children serve in a military field, and you're seeing children now. That are graduating from high school, young kids that are graduating from high school, ready to go on to college or a career or a skill, and they're not choosing the, the military as a, as a career field. Then that's why we're not hitting our career goals. And I think a lot of that has to do with us as a nation. Do we really honor our veterans, and do we really is our words cheap, or our actions matching our words? And that's that's what I'm starting to see is that that we're not matching our words. Our actions are not matching our words. We really need to honor the service of, of the men and women that served and remember those that, that uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice this Memorial Day. Rocky Richkowski, you are absolutely right. We've got more work to do, and we really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, and we wish you all the best. I'm thankful, and I'm very proud to be on the show with two incredible women leaders as well. You've been listening to WJR's Healthy Woman Show, brought to you by the Michigan Center for Fertility and Women's Health. On behalf of Dr. Carol Kowalczyk, I'm Ann Thomas, and we hope you have a great night.